Hey everybody, this is P. Norman Grant with Slim Jim in another edition of The Grapefruit Agenda, where we analyze, summarize, scrutinize, and criticize what might be called news here on the Treasure Coast, the state of Florida, and around the country, and a little bit of international coverage. Geez, what are those crazy North Koreans doing today? Why grapefruit? Because we're sweet on conservatism and sour on liberalism. Today's episode is called Illicit Bias, or What's Wrong with a Little Implicit Bias? You know, starting the day off with our daily newspaper, uh, the Treasure Coast newspapers, T.C. Palm, and we have the uh, Vero Beach Press Journal. But I'm looking at Bruce Anderson's column from the Lakeland Ledger, Lakeland, Florida, entitled Crying Voter Fraud Poses a Threat to Our Republic. I'm just looking for... Implicit bias. And this gentleman is upset about some of the candidates here in Florida. As we see Florida go red, and most of these candidates he's got a problem with are probably Republicans. Let's investigate a little bit. He says that according to 538, the political science site for all things in numeric, 60% of Americans will have an election denier on the ballot. Someone who did and does believe the elections lost by Republicans are somehow rigged. None of those people are Democrats, says Mr. Anderson. It is now somehow legitimate to question the outcome if it did not go your way. No, says Mr. Anderson. It is not legitimate. It is a lie. Those that push this lunacy are not mistaken. They did not misinterpret matters. They are liars. Because they know the truth and they choose to tell us something that is not true. And they are fatally and intentionally and apparently with purpose undermining the central structure and processes of this republic and damaging it more seriously than they could possibly in any other way. So he says, if we lose an election, we temporarily temporarily lose political power. If we lose confidence in our elections, we can lose the nation itself. So this is Bruce Anderson crying implicitly. No, explicitly. It's actually explicit. Behind him is implicit bias, but he's explicitly saying that the people who think there was some fraud in 2020 are all lying. 70 million of us are just flat out lying. So we look at implicit bias and explicit. Explicit bias? Hard to detect the implicit bias. But he is explicitly biased, maybe affected by his implicit bias. His implicit bias. And who is the role model of delivering the message of implicit bias? Well, we have to go back to 2016. 2016, a little lady by the name of Hillary Clinton stood on the stage with the Donalds, and they had their debate. Well, Hillary started talking about implicit bias for some reason. Implicit bias meaning, you know, we all have this implicit bias. And I think what she was referring to was racial bias, as opposed to other kinds of bias. Mr. Anderson was talking about political bias. But racial bias seems to be on the tip of everybody's newscast, especially since, well, a lady in Texas, she was a nurse, and she had to take a bias test, actually like a white bias, I think it was a white privilege test to, be, to maintain her nursing license. And she wouldn't take the test. She was not admitting that she had this implicit bias. So she had to leave her job in Texas due to impl- implicit bias testing. Now, I wonder if all the people in her hospital or nursing organization took the test, or was it just white nurses? We 
We're going to get to that. We hope. David French is a writer for the National Review, and he's writing about um, Hillary's debate in her implicit bias speech, because that was one of the main ideas that she came up with that night. And Hillary Clinton said, this is the day after Trump's debate, that, you know, you're guilty and you don't know it. This is David French now quoting. Well, she's summarizing Hillary. He says, you're guilty and you don't know it. Sure, you think you're a decent person who treats people fairly, judging them on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. But let's face it, you're deluded, especially if you happen to be white. You're biased and you don't even know it. You're unaware of your own privilege and of the extent to which your beliefs, speech, and even mannerisms oppress people of color. It's time to confess. It's time to be re-educated. It's time to rid yourself of your false consciousness, says David French, about Hillary's assumption of implicit bias. So this is the message of the modern campus radical, of the diversity trainer, and increasingly of the Democratic nominee for President Hillary Clinton. This is David French in 2016. So like many of the most dangerous progressive ideas, quote, implicit bias, unquote, or unconscious racism, seems reasonable enough at first glance. Aren't we all a little shaped by our environment and upbringing to make snap judgments about people? Aren't those judgments often wrong? Couldn't we all use exposure to different cultures and ideas to help us get past preconceived notions and casual bigotries? What could be wrong with that? In the debate, indeed, Monday night, Clinton framed her discussion of implicit bias as a malady we all suffer from, telling Lester Holt, he was the moderator, I think implicit bias is a problem for everyone, not just police. I think, unfortunately, to many of us in our great country, we jump to conclusions about each other. Well, yes, too many people do jump to conclusions, Hillary, so what's the solution? So she said, when it comes to policing, since it can have literally fatal consequences, I have said in my first budget, if she were to be elected, in some alternate universe, we would put money into that budget to help us deal with implicit bias by retraining a lot of our police officers. <laughs> David French says, wait, what? If we're all biased, who's training whom? Let's be very clear. When it moves from abstract to concrete, all this talk about implicit bias gets very sinister very quickly. It allows radicals to indict entire communities as bigoted. It relieves them of the obligation of actually proving their case and allows them to use virtually any negative event as a pretext for enforcing their ideological agenda. As a result, grapefruiters, what is the result? Cops quitting in mass. Cops not really being aggressive in the streets. Murder rates going up. That's the result. The result of being away from actual admitting that there's an implicit bias. If you don't believe, this is French going on, if you don't believe what the radicals think you should believe, you must be taught to believe something different. On the government's dime, of course, Hillary wants to fund the retraining, and the NACP wants to make it mandatory, complete with sanctions if your perceived biases don't disappear. How will the thought police know the actual police are biased? That they don't believe the right things, French in quotation, Spend any time on campus in diversity training or on progressive websites, and you'll see that disagreement with leftist cultural critiques is all the proof anyone needs of racism and other forms of bigotry. Evidence, experience, and probabilities are completely irrelevant when it comes time to cleanse the mind of bias. So most of the stuff Mr. French is saying, you can experience online. This is really where it's sourced. There are those on the left who simply refuse to look at the facts 
They insist that they have knowledge about the inner lives and motivations of the relevant parties that is unknown, even to the parties themselves. They use this alleged knowledge to stoke unrest and violate civil liberties, and they have an ally in Hillary Clinton. She'll fund all the re-education we need. 2016. So as we look around today, as we said, the woman in Texas, how about the people in West Point have got to take white privilege exams? In the Air Force, they have to refer to people with the proper pronouns, and so they have to take re-education for the woke military. So this is trickling down through all of the cabinets. We've gone through this before. We've had the 40% justice where Biden was communicating to his cabinet. We need to have 40% of all our budget money going toward social justice in the departments of our federal government. So one of the last to go, though, is the Treasury Department. Here's Janet Yellen, the head of the Treasury Department, making sure that the Treasury Department is woke. So she's appointed a vice chair of her new racial equity committee. The vice, here's the article. The article comes from Fox News in the politics. This article is by Houston Keene and Jessica Chasmar. Fox News. Vice chair of Treasury Department's new racial equity committee wants to defund police and center race in all policy. So the vice chair, vice chair, is, is vice chairwoman or vice chairman? A vice chair gender identity person. The vice chair of the Treasury Department's newly announced Racial Equity Committee wants to defund the police and put racial justice at the center of all government policymaking. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Tuesday announced the formation of a 25-member committee called the Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equity, which will identify, monitor, and review aspects of the domestic economy that have directly and indirectly resulted in unfavorable conditions for communities of color, according to the press release. One of the definitions in our undictionary, our undictionary communities of color, we're trying to find what communities of color means. So the undictionary would say anybody who is of color would define the communities of color as. That's the definition. If someone is of color, they will define communities of color as people of color. That's what their definition is. So the press release coming from the, the Treasury Department names Felicia Wong, the president and CEO of the Roosevelt Institute. She was announced to serve as the Racial Equity Committee's vice chair. Wong is a former executive of the Democracy Alliance, a network of liberal mega donors founded in part by billionaire, wait for it, grapefruiters George Soros. Since 2012, she has led the Roosevelt Institute, a liberal think tank, What's a think tank? Slim Jim and I are looking at each other. A think tank. We're a think tank. A think tank that wants to abolish for-profit prisons, reimagine capitalism, and put racial justice at the center of all government policymaking. So Grapefruit, as we go through this, realize this implicit bias is not just a leak. It's not just a trickle. It's a wave. It's a wave, and it's going towards the socialist side of politics, the racial side, and the socialist side. Believe me when I tell you. So Wong and the authors of this incredible report, this is nefarious stuff, Slim Jim, that a skills-based, opportunity-focused liberalism, that's the quotation now, I'm going to say it again, Grapefruiters, 
because this is all redolent of my Berkeley education, skills-based, opportunity-focused liberalism is outdated and ignores systemic racism and that, quote, our mainstream politics has yet to recognize, prioritize, and make central the reckoning, race equity, and self-determination that a multiracial democracy would require. So it says that skills-based and opportunity-focused way of living in our country is outdated. Jim, does that sound like something we should get rid of, skills-based? No. <laughs> and opportunity-focused? No. This is what we've been doing for 200 years. They want to get rid of this. This is Janet Yellen's main person in her Treasury Department, folks, Miss Wong. Reparations, she says reckoning. Reckoning sounds like reparations. Race equity. What does that mean when you have race equity? And then it says self-determination. Self-determination, I remember in my sociology courses, I mean, that's Maoist language. That's Mao Zedong, self-determination in a multiracial democracy. So this is similar to what Kamala wants. Kamala Harris wanted to do the reparations in Fort Myers and elsewhere. Slim Jim Southwest, where else was she talking about? Well, basically where the hurricane hit. She wants to make sure that the, the minorities get the help first. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure she said, she said equities too. Maybe she said the minority. No, she said privileged. I think she said communities. We don't, we have to define, okay. we have to All define right. what the community is. I'm not sure. I don't know what the community is. So she says, uh, this is again, this is Juan. This is in the Treasury Department, folks. The report praised the idea of wealth redistribution in the name of racial justice and argued that equity means equal outcomes, not equal opportunities. This is 180 degrees from our Constitution. So true equity means the equity of outcome and not accepting the promise of opportunity within a system that continues to systematically exclude, Wong wrote. It demands redistribution of resources. That means the communities of color in Fort Myers would get money before the regular communities who have no color. Right. I get it. So especially when wealth for some has been extracted from many. Listen to this, communist. This is real communism. In our Treasury Department, it demands redistribution of resources, especially when wealth for some has been extracted from many. Wow. So they just want to give money away. Social engineering. Like equal numbers of people in each industry, according to their racial identity. So you'd have an equal number of airline pilots of a certain color according to the population, correct? Yeah. Equal number of surgeons. And so uh, when you watch football, you might actually have like white, white running backs if you wanted to redistribute the players' yeah. racial identity. Exactly. Correct? No, no black running backs. No, you'd have, or half and half. Not even half and half. I don't know how. 20% black and 80% of white would be. Uh, well, where are the, where are the Asian? We have to Asian, maybe an Asian kicker. <laughs> Maybe like like Ito from the from Rutgers. I was watching that the other time. The same report co-authored by Wong also included eliminating the filibuster and yada yada. It goes into the Supreme Court. It talks about the Supreme Court in ways of here. She talked about the Supreme Court practices. The Supreme Court practice poses a problem as it is focused predominantly on race neutrality. Isn't that shocking? So if the race. <laughs> If the, I'm telling you, man, look at this. SCOTUS is race neutral, and she doesn't like this. Wong doesn't like this. Current con constitutional doctrine thus makes it impossible the kind of racially targeted policies that, as this report has suggested, are essential for undoing structural racial inequities. 
So it's it's abhorrent. It's abhorrent to the country that the Supreme Court of the United States is race neutral. This is Yellen's social engineering is what they're trying to accomplish. Th- exactly. This is this is Yellen's star star uh, representative on her race equity inclusion team. So this is Cat uh, Kamak. Where's where's our Florida Cat Kamak? She told Fox News Digital, "The Treasury's news isn't surprising. Division is the preferred strategy of the Biden administration." So the Defense Department did it with its diversity, equity, and inclusion team and appointed a senior official with concerning and divisive rhetoric in his top post. Where were those pronouns being pro- proliferated, Jim? Where were they doing the pronouns? Is that the Air Force? The Air Force Academy. The Air Force Academy, yeah. yeah they, were taking, they were taking tests, and they had to make the, make sure that they were using the proper pronouns. I know West Point, they had to take the white privilege test. This is, this is in the military. This is General Milley. General Milley supports diversity, equity, and inclusion. We so, want to have a nice army as well. Did we, we have a nice army, not an effective army. So the Russians, you think the Russians and the Chinese are checking this out. We have an equity, an equitable and diverse and inclusive army. Isn't that nice? So the Department of Homeland Security did it with the Disinformation Governance Board and had a wannabe TikTok influencer. This is what Kat Kamek, Republican of Florida, says. It's pretty simple. America first policies will benefit every American regardless of which box they check. We don't need government bureaucrats wasting American taxpayers' money on woke initiatives and virtue signaling that chalk everything up to identity politics. American people deserve better. So this is the Yellen statement. Yellen statement, a critical piece of executing on our racial equity goals. This is the Secretary of the Treasury, Grapefruiters. Jenny Yellen, a critical piece of executing on our racial equity goals is bringing a wide set of outside perspectives and lived experiences to the decision-making table. So the Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equality, made up of members with wide-ranging backgrounds and expertise, will provide important insight and advice, advice to leadership across the department to bolster and form our equity efforts. So the question is, just the same as David French had in the National Review, who is going to be the officer's who will make the Inquisition. What kind of expertise do they have? Would it just be because of their color? But interesting in the, in the paper today, too, the same paper, the same paper where that editorial started us off, the one who had explicit and implicit bias, Anderson, saying all the people who think there was a fake election are liars. So the implication is that everybody, including us, Slim Jim, are lying because we don't believe the election was up and on the up and up. So front page, Latino economic power. This is a report that says that the California-based Latino donor collaborative, a nonprofit organization that compiles data and research about Latinos nationwide to highlight their contribution to American society, found the economic output of Latinos in 2020 was $2.8 trillion, up from $1.7 trillion a decade later. So the economic wealth of Latinos, Hispanic Americans, in other words, went up about 30% in the last decade. LDC partners Wells Fargo, those numbers rank them higher than the GDP of India, France, or the United Kingdom. Now, if we were to share this equitably, the finances of our country, across our racial identities, the Latinos would have to give some money back. Yeah. Because they're, they're making, too, making too much money. Well, they're advancing too rapidly. Yeah. So to make it equitable, uh, Latinos... We're going to have to take about 25 cents per dollar and redistribute it to we don't know who. 
This is disastrous. Not yet, but we'll, we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. Disastrous. This is why we have elections, grapefruiters. So keep the antenna up. And whenever you can, 